Reduce, reuse, refashion. Hi, and welcome to the new Refashion Podcast episode. I am beyond excited to present you today's topic and my guest. For those who are interested in sustainable fashion, a concept of capsule or minimal wardrobe is not a new thing. For the others, who are not quite familiar with the concept yet, I would just say that it is a small collection of carefully curated items meant to be worn together while composing versatile outfits. Capsule wardrobe can be seasonal or all year round. But who could tell us better about capsule wardrobe if not a certified style coach, minimal lifestyle advocate, and the biggest YouTube channel about conscious wardrobe owner, Sina Hansen also known under the name Use Less. In our talk, Sina will guide us on how to build a capsule wardrobe. She will also share her tips on how to take care of your clothes so that they would last longer. And she will also address common questions and misconceptions about capsule wardrobe. For example, what is a good number of items to have in your wardrobe? Should they only be basics? Should that be sustainable and good quality brands exclusively? Sina will share all the answers in our episode and in general, disclose her view towards circular and sustainable fashion and how your wardrobe can actually contribute to your overall well-being. I am sure you already cannot wait for our conversation to start. So without further ado, let's listen to it. My name is Sina and um, I have uh, my YouTube channel called Useless and I have a, a blog and an Instagram as well and um, I promote a minimal lifestyle. Um, I promote sustainability, um, mostly built around fashion um, but also lifestyle in general and um, I live in the southern part of Denmark in a small city just above the German border with my husband and our two fur babies. <laughs> and then we just had a daughter back in October, 2020 as well. Um, yeah, and I used to work as a commercial fashion designer. So I finished a, um, like a, a technical fashion education back in 2012. And then I worked a couple of years as a designer in the commercial fashion industry. Um, I've always been really really into styling and fashion and just expressing myself through clothing and styling. Um, so yeah, I pretty much knew pretty early on in my teen years that, that was, that's what I wanted to do. Um, but then after working a couple of years as a designer, I just found out that, you know, that way of working with commercial fast fashion just wasn't at all for me. Um, so I left my, my position as a designer and then I had some other jobs among the way I took a, another edu I've taken a couple of other educations ever since um, and then yeah I started my my online journey back in 2015 and then I've yeah I guess the rest is history then I've been doing this ever since <laughs> wow that's such a journey but I can hear that you had this idea uh, deep down inside of you you just needed to clarify and uh, come to the core of yours and, and actually nurture that more. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that's, you know, that's often what happens when you get your first job and, you know, you get some experience, you figure out what kind of direction you want to, to pursue, I guess. Um, and I just found out that, you know, it's just at the time when the documentary called The True Cost and um, the documentary Minimalism, they were on Netflix and I watched both of them. I read um, a couple of books as well about, you know, both topics. And I just found out that, yeah, again, I just didn't want to contribute to fashion the way I thought I would to start off with. I just, I wanted to do something more meaningful. That's really nice. Um... Can you tell us what is style and what is fashion to you then? Um, well, to me, it's like, um, at least it's become more of a, it's sort of a sense of well-being to me um, because I feel like it's, it's fashion and style is of course something that we work with on the outside of our bodies, but it really is something that, you know, it goes much deeper than that. And it's very connected to, to who we are as people. Um, I don't remember, I think it was a scientist called, I think his last name is Galinsky. I can't remember his first name, but he said that um, when we put on our clothes, we simply become the person that we are. We become who we are when you put on the right clothes. And I really believe that's true. Um, so again, I feel like when you dress in something that makes you really happy and something that is truly your style, you, you get a sense of, of more well-being as well. <laughs> that is true. Um, so what are the, uh, the projects that you're currently working on? Well, I have, you know, I have my jewelry brand. So I, I have like this, um, it's a collaboration with a German jewelry uh, brand called Stillness. So we, we make ethically crafted and made to order jewelry. Um, so I have that. And then, of course, I make my my um, online content. So I make YouTube videos, I write blog posts, I have an Instagram as well. And then um, because last year I become, I became a certified style coach in Copenhagen. So I also launched a um, style course on my, on my website, just for people who feel like they want more, because obviously I, I create a lot of like free content. Um, but the course is just for the people who, who need to to get some extra help and who would like my my guidance a bit more so in terms of building a, a lasting and sustainable wardrobe that they can really be happy about yes um would you say that the course you took uh, for styling was it with a focus on uh, sustainable wardrobe or was it a general styling course but you put your own perspective and the spin on it um, I definitely put my own spin on it because um, I have a brand library and I have, um, yeah, I have a lot of like knowledge in terms of materials and wardrobe care. And the, the course that I took was more, like you said, um, based on styling. So more like different tools that you can use. Um, the woman who, who launched the course or who has the course is, um, she used to be a personal shopper for many years. Um, and now she educates people like me um, into becoming style coaches so that's again um, the reason why I wanted to become a style coach and not just a stylist is because when you're a coach you're also working with people um, and you know you're working with personality and individuals and again I feel like fashion and styling is really closely connected to who we are as people um, so it's really important to me that I help my clients find exactly what they're looking for and something that makes them feel good on the inside as well.
I think it's very rare that we could uh, find stylists and style coaches who would be focusing on the minimal wardrobe and uh, uh, capsule closet. And talking mm. about these two concepts, can we say they're the same? Yeah, I would. I would say that in a sense they are the same because the whole the whole idea is to only have things in your wardrobe that you're actually happy about wearing. Um, and I feel like that applies to whether you're having just a regular minimalist wardrobe and you have a certain number of items you want to have in your wardrobe or if you have a capsule wardrobe. And I feel like the number of clothing you have in your wardrobe will vary from, from person to person because we're not living the same lives. And I feel like it's very important that you always build your wardrobe around the life that you're living. Um, otherwise, it might become wasteful and you'll have a lot of clothing that you won't even be able to wear. Um, so I feel like they're very close connected. Mm -hmm. What would you say um, as a general advice, what could be a good number of clothes to have in a capsule wardrobe? Um, again, I feel like that's very individual. I've always, because when I started, I followed some of like the biggest capsule wardrobe bloggers at the time um, on Fancy. I'm sure you've probably heard about her. And I think she moved away from, from capsule wardrobes and, you know, she just took the things that she learned from having a capsule wardrobe. Um, but I think when, when I started following her, she had this number of like 37 items. There's also Project 333. She has 33 items that she has in her wardrobe. But I feel like it's always a good idea to, if you're completely lost, I feel like, like it can be a good idea to, to try and pursue some kind of a number just to bring down the amount of clothing you have in your wardrobe. But again, I feel like the number is not important. The important thing is that the things you have in your wardrobe represent you and that you actually get to wear everything that you have um, based upon the life that you're living. So of course that will look very different from, from person to person. That's true. Um, and then just so that we could understand the concept better, uh, are we talking about some basic items that the person has to um, identify and keep it as a core of their wardrobe? Or are we talking about all different types of clothing, you know? Um, usually I like, I, at least for myself as well, and also when I'm out working with, with clients, I always, um, it's, I feel it's very important that you identify your like core, the core of your wardrobe. Um, and I feel like there's like a misconception when you, as soon as you say basics, people think that it has to be a white shirt and a white t-shirt and, you know, it has to look a certain way and look very minimal and very monochrome. And I feel like that's a, that's a huge misunderstanding because your basics could look different from mine. The basics are just, it's the core of your wardrobe and it's items that you tend to reach for over and over again and that you can wear um, basically with anything you have in your wardrobe. Um, so, but, you know, in any case, I'd always recommend people to, to find their basics and find the core of their wardrobe because that is probably... Um, I always try to, to, when I help people trying to, to evolve their style or find their style, um, it's pretty much always the core that is like the biggest part of their wardrobe. And then they might have other style directions they like to pursue as well on the side. But um, the, the core of their style is, is, is their basic wardrobe too, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, How would you advise someone to start uh, identifying the core or building the um, capsule wardrobe? Um, again, you know, when I do my course, I have like some different worksheets and some different assignments that I make 
you know people make um, in order to, to find their style but one of the things that I always um, advise people to do is sort of to make a, a life diagram so sort of pick you know part your life into different um, categories so that you know you 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 get a better overview of what kind of activities you, you have in your life because that way you'll also see better what kind of clothes you need for the different activities. Um, so that's definitely the first thing that I would advise people to do. Um, and then, you know, have a look at your wardrobe and take out all of your favorite pieces, the pieces that you tend to reach for over and over again and that you just, you know, you, you feel like wearing all the time. Um, and then sort of figuring out what kind of... Um, things the, that they have in common, all of these things, because that will also help you find out what your style is. Um, so again, you might have one huge part of your wardrobe that for, for me, for example, my biggest, um, like the core style that I have is casual. Um, so that's definitely the biggest part of my wardrobe. And then I also have other style directions. Um, I have some items that are more feminine and I have some items that are more classic, for example. Um, so it's kind of taking out all of your, your favorite items and, and putting them into categories like that. Mm -hmm. And then what would you suggest to do with the rest of the clothes? Is this, this part that rarely gets worn? Um, it kind of depends. Like you definitely have to figure out why you're not wearing those clothes. Um, it could be that it's a fit that you just don't find flattering for you or you don't like the material or... You know, you definitely have to, to part the things that you, you don't like um, and be honest to yourself and get rid of those, basically. Um, and if it's clothing that you just don't wear that often, but you actually still love wearing, then maybe you could store them away. That's what I do. Um, for example, I, have, I don't have my summer clothes in my wardrobe during the winter time, for example, but that doesn't mean that I don't like these items. Um, and also sometimes we just need a break from certain items in our wardrobes for one reason or the other. Um, so it's always a good idea to just store them away um, wherever it's possible to you and then bring them back out when you feel like giving your wardrobe a refresh or just if the, the seasons change and you want something new to happen, you can sort of shop your own wardrobe. Totally. I think I do the same thing uh, for my own wardrobe. And sometimes I would be so sure that I already threw away a t-shirt or a sweater and uh, I would revise my wardrobe um, the storage part of my wardrobe at, at a little point in time and I would be so surprised that I still have the item yeah, yeah. and I, then I would be like okay I'm actually really shopping my own wardrobe <laughs> yeah yeah it's funny that you can trick your own mind like that but yeah it works <laughs> it definitely works yeah yeah um you know I also have a couple of friends of mine who would say that I just don't know how to choose uh, my own style and how to dress myself. It's really hard yeah. for me. What would you say for those people? How can we help them? Um, well, for me, I would say if you're completely, completely lost, I would probably get some help. Um, I mean, that's definitely what I'm here for as well. And, you know, obviously you can help yourself along the way um, and you can watch a lot of guides, but that's also why I wanted to, to launch the course on my, on my website, because I feel like there are some people who just need a bit of extra help. So definitely reach out to 
to some sort of a stylist or style coach who can help you the rest of the way, or maybe even, you know, sometimes you also have to try something new. So it could also be something like, I know right now we obviously can't really go out to the shops, but just going out into different shops and trying out something you've never tried on before. You don't have to buy anything, but just trying some new things um, to figure out what you like and what you don't like. Um, that's definitely also something you try doing. Um, and then also following people who, you know, you can sort of, connect or relate to their style in some way um, I feel like that often helps us well because obviously working with style and fashion is very visual so it always helps to, to get some inspiration somewhere as well for sure and uh, you also give consulting uh, through the um, digital calls yeah um, it was I, I'm supposed to do that at some point but right now I'm on a maternity leave so I probably okay. won't offer that before sometime later this year um, and then hopefully uh, when COVID and lockdown is, is history I'll be able to to go out um, and give like physical meetings at least in Denmark as well so that's that's the plan anyway. I see all right um, talking about the minimal lifestyle right and um, we said that uh, it is important that the the person would identify their own style and create the wardrobe that fits the lifestyle and needs and, and activities. Um, would you say uh, there is also a good size of a wardrobe that one should have? Because for me, when I think about minimal closet, I always imagine uh, the closet that you just open, the two doors, and this is mm. what you have, you know, and you can just like see exactly what you own and browse through your things. But sometimes I see those walk-in closets, which are mm. massive. And one yeah. could uh, say that, but this is my lifestyle. So mm. what would you say uh, about that? Um, I think, you know, it's, again, each to their own, but I feel like for me, it's definitely made more sense to, to um, like just take away everything that didn't make me happy or just you know again I feel like I often get this question when do you know if you have enough or if you have too much and I feel like you know if you have too much clothing that you forget to wear or you don't even get the chance to wear and you keep adding on to that because obviously there's nothing wrong with buying new clothes um, every once in a while um, but I feel like if you already have a huge wardrobe and you just keep on adding to that you know you'll have a lot of clothing that you you know no one can wear that much clothing um it's, it's it's not possible so you'll have a lot of clothes that you've maybe only worn once or twice you'll maybe have some some items that you still have their tax on and that's where it becomes wasteful and that's where the whole problem is um so i feel like definitely having a wardrobe where you're able to see everything and you know that you know it is inspiring to you and that makes you want to reach for your favorite items and, and wear them um so it's definitely a balance because obviously like you said you can have a huge walk-in wardrobe and that will sort of be your lifestyle and again you know if that's your thing then definitely go for that but the whole problem is around waste and i feel like again if you just keep on adding on to to your massive amounts of clothing then that is a problem Yes, um, I can I can definitely agree to that. And also uh, to the fact that it has to be inspiring. So I was mm. wondering if you have any um, techniques of folding or storing your items, both that it would be inspiring for you and easy to see, but also that it would uh, uh, preserve the quality of the, of the garment longer. Um, well, 
I, uh, I hang most of my clothing in my wardrobe and I have these like wire hangers and people always give me a hard time because I use wire hangers and there's so many people who, who say that, you know, it's not really good for your clothing to, to use those, but I've used them for years and I, I don't really have a problem with it. So definitely finding a good hanger um, and a hanger you find suitable. Um, and then, um, yeah, hang most of your clothing because when you, you know, the, the, the clever thing is that when you wash your clothing, you could just put it onto a hanger and then onto the line dryer and then put it directly into the closet and the, the gravity will like naturally, it will naturally smooth out the surface of your, of your items. So you, the, the, um, need for steaming or ironing will, will become less, um, Plus, you don't have to spend too much time folding it. So I just I find that that's a really great way of storing your clothes. Um, and then also you have a perfect overview of, of what you have because it's all like hung next to each other rather than having it in a pile. And then you sort of have to search through that. Um, obviously, there are some items that you shouldn't hang like knitwear, for example, because it can lose their, it can lose its shape. Um, I also have like certain items that I just don't have room for hanging like denim, like jeans and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, definitely hanging, hanging your clothes is, is my, my top tip, I think. Um, and just, yeah, making sure that your clothes is, looks nice and, um, that it's, uh, that it's clean and it's again if you need to steam it or iron it do it before you hang it back into your wardrobe so that it's all ready at all times to just be taken out and to to wear it yeah that's a really good tip i i myself also i'm a huge fan of those wire hangers yeah, um, <laughs> yeah because i feel like you can have more like you can have more clothing uh but it doesn't look too like bulky yeah that's exactly uh how it works and uh uh, back in the days, I used to um, put several clothes on top of each other on the same hanger, but I just really wanted to see all the clothes that I had. So yeah. I ended up buying those hangers. Yeah. Plus, I feel like, you know, I've tried the KonMari folding method and maybe I'm doing it wrong, but I feel like even when I've done that, it still get creased. And I feel like when I use hangers, it minimizes the creases that I get on my clothes. And then I don't have, you know, to, to steam it or iron it before I can wear it. Yeah, totally. Um, do you think that uh, leading this minimalist lifestyle, it's part of uh, your essence of, of being in Scandinavia and Scandinavia is known for simplistic and minimal lifestyle? Or do you think it's something else um, yeah, maybe. I, I mean, it's definitely a hot topic up here, but to me, it's just, you know, it's something that I pursued because I was, I was out there and I tried, um, living the life as a designer and I, I found out that that just wasn't for me. So I went completely opposite of that, I guess. So for me, it's something that I've taken upon my lifestyle along the way, as I got more experienced in, in the fashion industry. Um, and I feel like in general, minimalism has become like a, a very popular kind of lifestyle. And it's something that a lot of people know about and talk about and try to pursue. And I feel like the most important thing is definitely not to make it your religion um, in that sense that you become burn, burned out or, you know, that you feel like it's something you can't keep up with. Um, so to me, it's really important that people understand that there are definitely that there are many ways to live a minimalist lifestyle style um it doesn't you know they're not two lives are the same yeah totally and as you uh, said in the beginning 
it it comes from within so once it is in there in you uh you want to try it out on the most immediate topic that interests you so for example you start with the wardrobe and then you move on to home yeah. decor and yeah exactly i feel like for me it 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 all happened because i i felt this need to to say goodbye to my old lifestyle of, of consuming a lot of clothing um and also say goodbye to to that part of the industry that i didn't really relate to or didn't really want to contribute to mm -hmm. and talking about this industry that you're coming from uh what is uh the main challenges within fashion industry these days and is zero waste a hot topic and if not why should it become a hot topic um yeah well obviously um there's the, the huge amounts of, of consumption that's the biggest problem like we consume way too much new clothing and i think that we've um there's like scientists that have said that you know we've produced so much clothing that we have enough on on earth already for the next like many many years um so obviously we we produce way too much we buy way too much new clothing and that's that's you know that i became aware of that while working as a designer and i also often had the sense of like oh, does it really matter i'm just draw, drawing style after style and then we go to a to a meeting or a sales meeting and then all these styles that i might have spent a lot of time drawing and like working extra hours they just like get relentlessly caught away from the collection and you know it's just there's just so much waste um in the fashion industry and then obviously there's also the whole ethical issue so um the way that the clothes get made you know there are a lot of people who don't even earn a living wage um and i just feel like it, there's so many ways in which the industry is just not fair um and yeah i just didn't want to contribute to that and um in terms of zero waste it's definitely is something i see brands talk about more but to me um like circular production or circular circular production and circular consumption is definitely the next step um i think um circular consumption you know it definitely means that we buy more things uh secondhand but as a brand you can also produce your your collections more circularly so that you use you know um, recycled materials or make sure that you make items that can be fully recycled at the end of their life um so there are many ways that you can pursue that totally did you think the take back systems coming in the fashion industry as well the the what the take back take, take back systems yeah um i i hope so i hope it will become um you know a bigger concept um but definitely i feel like where we need to look most right now is is definitely the way we produce and the way that we consume um mm -hmm. that are the biggest issues because i feel like the take back systems are obviously you know that they're good because then you make sure that the the clothing that you um that you give back they can be recycled and turned into to new clothing um but as it is right now you can't really be sure that these old items will actually be turned into to new items um also because there are many like technical issues as far as i know um for example if you work with different kinds of blends of materials it's really hard to take the fibers and sort of like divide them um so that's one huge problem there's so much clothing out there that you know is made of different types of fiber Def definitely um especially also like uh, man-made fibers and and uh, synthetic fibers so i feel like there's there's a long way still there um but yeah i definitely hope that that's something that 
will become easier for for the consumer as well totally totally i'm just thinking about this whole um huge fashion industry that we have it's mainly uh, about fast fashion that we're talking uh, here um so i was wondering what in your opinion what would happen to that industry if all of the sudden people turned to their wardrobes more and said okay i'm not going to buy new clothing for the next year yeah it's definitely hard to say what will happen i mean what we all want to happen i think is that you know some of the like the big brands will either completely turn around their the way their way of making clothing like we see right now that because sustainability has become such a buzzword there are many like fast fashion brands that actually profit from that instead of saying okay well we're gonna um change the way we do business we're going to change the way we produce um, so they just keep on producing massive amounts of, of fast fashion, cheap clothing. Um, and then they make like one small collection on the side to sort of like cover their back and to say, we've, we've done something, um, but then also sort of like profiting from the whole problem, which is a huge problem in itself. It is. It sounds like a vicious cycle. How do you think we yeah. can break it? It's it's really hard I feel like you know obviously as consumers we have a lot of power but for me I don't really see how you know we really need the politicians to step up as well or we have to make some systemic um, changes as well and obviously again as consumers we have the power to to vote with our money but I feel like we also need the politicians to make some some laws to, to protect us as consumers and to, to help us the, the the last step of the way Mm-hmm. I really support your opinion. And I think also that a, a lot of the times we as consumers will face a challenge of not having the right option or not really mm. knowing where to look for. Because if you just go to a regular uh, store, um, mm. you will you will just have the options of the conventional fashion and usually yeah. fast fashion. Yeah, and I feel like, you know, it's, it's really important to, yeah, like you say, it, we don't all have the same options. Like, I really want to support my local shops, for example. There are no shops here that, that sell um, sustainably made clothing, basically. Like, it's, the selection is so small that I have to do most of my shopping online, which means that I can't support my local shops, which is, which is bad, I think, because I don't want to see the local shops disappear. Um, and then there's the whole like inclusive, you know, the, the whole thing with the sustainable fashion industry not being inclusive enough, you know, um, I just went through pregnancy and it was so hard to find maternity jeans that were ethically made um, and that I also liked. So again, yeah, the representation is a, is a huge problem as well. And like the, the availability is definitely, I feel like for me, I'm very privileged because I have a, a, an average sized body. So it's, I guess, easy for me, but I know it's, it's really hard for, for many other people. And that's a, that's a huge problem. Totally. No, I, I, I hear what you're saying. And, and for example, another challenge that I observed myself was that um, there are some companies who claim to make sustainable or circular jeans, but then mm. the design and the fabric that they use, I know it's not going to look good on me. Mm. So even if I wanted to support that course and, and, and turn yeah. to this circular business model, it's really hard for me. Yeah, yeah. I think the easiest thing would probably be if like all the brands that exist today would just you know change their ways and just make sustainable fashion because then that mm -hmm. would be something for everyone and for all kinds of budgets as well mm -hmm. um, and when you say sustainable fashion so what 
uh, criteria do you have in mind in particular? You know, sustainable fashion is a very uh, heavy kind of topic, and I feel like it's it can get very technical. For, but for me, and also what I teach my clients through my course, is to look for certifications, like third-party certifications, to make sure that the you know someone else has said that you know or looked into this brand and make sure that they're actually doing what they're saying. And I feel like that's definitely something that a lot of, especially the huge brands lack, you know, they, they are the ones who could afford a certification, but when they don't use one, that is a little bit fishy to me. That's, you know, a way of showing that, you know, there's something here that's not completely as good as they say. Um, so definitely look for different cert sorts of certifications that could be um, GOTS certified organic cotton, for example, every brand makes cotton. So that's a good one to look for. Um, there's a lot of brands who are pursuing recycled materials. So there are different sorts of certifications within that as well to look for. Um, to me, it's not enough when a brand just like make their own sorts of certifications and like this is recycled, but I need to be sure that this is actually recycled. Um, there's like this horror story that we've seen um, factories taking, you know, new water bottles and then moving those water bottles to a clothing factory and then turning that into fibers and then that's recycled plastic. And that's kind of what we want to avoid. So again, it's, it's really, really hard for you as a consumer to navigate in. And that's where I feel like, again, you can do a lot of good as a consumer, but we really need the politicians to step up as well and, and protect us more. Um, because there's no way that we can do or like look through all of that um, greenwashing out there. Um, we cannot, we can't always see it. Um, but yeah, again, sustainability is many things. It's obviously looking for better materials. But if you cannot find that because you don't feel represented with the sustainable brands, for example, because you don't like the style or you don't have the body to fit it, then I feel like um, looking for something in better quality, something um, or you no know, might not even be better quality, but at least something you buy with the intention of holding on for it, holding on to it for many years is also an, a sustainable way of consuming. So really, there are many ways you can you can try to pursue it. And I think that the most important thing is to just do your best. Again, to me, it's really important that it doesn't become a religion. Um, we have to, to, to make room for making mistakes um, because otherwise we'll just end up burning out completely. Yes, because as this, the fashion and the clothes that we wear, it's, it's a major part of our own identity. Mm. So it can become of a burden. Uh, but as I hear you say, it's, it could be as simple as, first of all, using more of what you already have. Second, yeah. if you need to buy something, try to look secondhand. Mm. And then if, if you cannot find it there or if you don't feel like doing that, you should look into the clothing, which are either made sustainable or mm. go for better quality items that you can hold on longer and have longer. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm -hmm. And again, I feel like when you say better quality, there are many people who, people who have a lower budget, for example, that say, well, I don't have the, the money to, to buy better quality quality so I feel like again even there you can you can buy items that might not be the best of quality um, obviously you have the, the option of going secondhand um, but even that can be hard sometimes um, so again then buying items that you know you're gonna love wearing over and over again um, as a way to bring down your your general consumption is definitely something else you could try uh, so I feel like there are many different layers there are many different directions you can pursue this, this way of consuming. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And do you think this uh, current global pandemic has also changed any of our habits of consumption habits that we have? Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, not not necessarily to the better because um, I had my low buy challenge last year, 2020. We have plenty, and we were still, you know, working with that. I feel like we can work with that, like from now and then to forever almost. Um, but you know, I ask people what the most important lessons they learned and what kind of challenges they, they had um, throughout last year. And with the pandemic, I saw that a lot of people really struggled falling back into old habits and really turning to retail therapy. And, you know, sh online shopping is not dead. It's, it's, it's living its best life, I think, through the pandemic. And I think that many people have definitely seen a spike in their, their consumption of, of clothing, for example, because, you know, it can be a way of, of making them feel happier or, you know, finding some light in the darkness. Um, so I feel like that's definitely, that has definitely been a challenge, but I also think that, um, yeah, hopefully it's made us think more about what we have and what we want to have and like what kinds of life we want to live. Um, I just really hope that when the pandemic is hopefully over at some point that people will will hold hold on to those values and not just go completely back to normal. Like it's, it's really cliche, but we really have to ask ourselves what kind of normal it is we want to return to, I think. I totally agree to you. And I could see uh, those online retailers uh, boosting their sustainability agenda throughout 2020. For example, Zalando introduced a circular fashion collection um, yeah. and uh, when I now looked for something on Zalando uh, as well uh, I could see that they have an option for filtering sustainable collection mm. so I also think it, they try to make our life easier but at the same mm. time if I find a sustainable brand on Zalando I might as well just go to the brand's website and choose to mm. buy from there because I don't want to my money the part of my money to go to the big retailer. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Yeah, and I also feel like it's definitely, you know, it's it's a great idea to do it like that. But I've also I've also experienced like some of like the big retailers like Salando and all other like online shops that have a lot of you know multi-brands. Um the criteria for what sustainable means is often set very low. Um so I feel like you know it's definitely a start, but I feel like they could do even better. They because could sometimes definitely. you know uh, you use you stumble upon a brand or an item where it doesn't really you know it's very unclear for you as a consumer to see why is this sustainable mm -hmm. i have yeah. seen the examples in real life it's it could say on the label that it is sustainable and then they direct it to the website where they don't have any information about the particular yeah. item and that's definitely the first thing that makes it that makes it fishy like if it if a brand doesn't want to share how the, the clothing is getting made or how they're like, even just being honest about, you know, we know we're not perfect, but this is the plan we have and this is what we want to do and not hide behind heavy like CSR reports that no one understands or, you know, I mean, yeah, just being more transparent and open about what you're not doing is, is something that, you know, makes me respect the brand more. Yeah. And uh, showing the, the way they're going and, and how they are addressing those issues. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That they have not just hiding behind like their own made up certifications or made up like uh, 
keywords about sustainability. Um, yeah. Yeah. As I'm aware, the sustainability managers, they are usually very good at ironing out the story that they want to convey. Mm, so. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like for many, especially like fast fashion brands or commercial brands that, you know, try to pursue more sustainability, they have a really good like PR or marketing yeah, in their business. Um, and they're kind of like hiding behind those really fancy words and like just it's all PR, but it's not really it's not really something they're doing. That's true. Yeah. And as you said, uh, one collection cannot compensate for the 90% of their business. So that's mm. also something that the brand should be really targeting on. Yeah, exactly. And fixing, I mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, if you don't have a beating heart for sustainability, like if you're just, because I've seen that, like I've, I've worked in the fashion industry for almost seven years, um, in and out, sort of. And I've met some people who are just like, who blindly believe that you know sustainability is not important and like yeah who to them if fashion and clothing is just something that we need to sell and that it's nothing more than that um and that's also a problem it is definitely uh, i was just thinking about the challenge or the initiative that you had for the last year uh the one that you just mentioned 2020 we have plenty and i was just yeah. thinking to myself like what a year to start this thing <laughs> Yeah, so it's a, it was a it was a challenge that I started back of, of the start of, of last year because um, I guess at some point I just because I work as what you would call a content creator or an influencer whatever you want to call it um, I don't really like that word but um, I I was just so fed up with with you know I guess both myself but also colleagues that I have in this whole in this whole business like promoting a lifestyle but not really living it and not really leading the way and actually showing showing you know your audience the way um i feel like everyone talks about sustainability everyone talks about better consumption everyone talks about using what you have in your wardrobe and i was just so fed up with no one actually doing it um so that's that's the main reason why i wanted to to, to pursue that and start the challenge um because i feel like if I don't do it, um, then, you know, I want to, to, obviously I live my life, you know, what, what I show on my, on my platforms is, is all me. Um, but I felt like for my audience, it was really important to also show them that, you know, you can actually do this and, and like inspire people to, to, to try it out yourself. Um, instead of always just talking about it, because we need to act. It's not, we, it's not enough to just talk about it anymore. Um, and yeah, that's why I've decided to just keep on going with that with that challenge because it's actually not really a challenge anymore. Like obviously there are the the, the rules that I made for the challenge that you can try um, following if, if you're starting off um, completely from scratch, but it's actually turned more into a community as well, which is, which is amazing. Um, and yeah, it's just so inspiring. And it's, you know, again, this whole sense of community is definitely what keeps me going. And it's, 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 it's just, I'm so proud of, of seeing what, what people are trying to, to do, basically. I can totally agree to you. And I have tried a couple of challenges myself, like uh, 10 clothes for 10 days. Uh, and I did it a couple of times. Um, and I would say people are really looking for those communities uh, mm. for someone to look up to, okay, how do you make your uh, capsule closet? Uh, they need some advice and some some inspiration on how to maintain that as well. I I mm. really noted that people are looking up for those 
examples. Yeah, just a side note, I guess, uh, also from my personal conversations with friends, uh, I know that 2020 year also has inspired them to change their purchasing habits, you know, but so instead of wearing uh, office clothes, they started buying some sports uh, outfits and instead of buying some uh, other stuff, they would just stick to buying better pajamas and, and things like that. They the don't loungewear the loungewear yeah and they don't uh, remember when was the last time they bought new shoes yeah yeah it's really interesting because it's it's like this whole um it's there's i've seen a boom in like also it's become a buzzword again like working from home loungewear all of that and how to dress up your loungewear and as much as i love that um you know again it's been scientifically proven that what we wear actually matters so just you know getting up and getting dressed even if you're not going somewhere, it really does have a huge impact on you. Um, obviously, nice loungewear, you know, it's, it's, it can be nice. Um, most of the loungewear I have is like old worn out clothes with stains on them or holes or something. So I don't really <laughs> particularly feel like the best version of myself when I wear something like that. So to me, um, it's really important to also get out of the loungewear and wear normal clothes um, because it, it definitely does something to, to like my mental well-being and my productivity. Mm -hmm. yeah Definitely. not that we have to be uh, to be product you know productive all the time because this is a hard time for many of us but definitely you know it, it definitely gives my mood a boost when I wear normal clothes yeah absolutely and sometimes just you know as for girls like uh, doing our hair and putting a little bit of a makeup maybe uh, dressing ourselves with a bit of jewelry as well mm. that could change the whole mood and, and the productivity yeah, exactly <laughs> and talking about the jewelry in particular, you also have these um, ethically crafted and made-to-order jewelry collection that you designed yourself. Yeah. Could you tell um, a bit more about the um, uh, whole concept of, of it? I know you mentioned a little bit uh, about yeah. it in the beginning, but um, I find it very interesting that you choose the uh, secondary and uh, recycled uh, metals to work with. So maybe you could comment a bit more about uh, the materials that you use and, and why did you choose made-to-order type of yeah. jewelry? Um, well, as I said, it's, it's, um, it's a collaboration that I have with Stillnest, who is a, a German jewelry brand, or they've turned into more of a jewelry brand before. They, they actually started out being more like a, a brand that collaborates with creative people on making different sorts of products. Um, but they've like... I think they've decided to focus more on the jewelry part now and also turning their own name into a, to a real jewelry brand. Um, but they contacted me two years ago or two and a half years ago and offered me this collaboration. Um, and as a you know, former designer, it was something that you know, I didn't have to think long before I, I, I accepted. But obviously, it was really important to me that um, there were some clear sustainable values within that whole thing. Um, so yeah, as soon as I made sure that, you know, they had, um, they're part of something called, um, responsible jewelry council or the, the, um, the goldsmiths that they use and that produce the, um, the jewelry are part of the sustainable or the responsible, um, jewelry council. So that was one thing that was really important to me. And then obviously also the materials. So like you said, we use some recycled materials, like recycled gold. We used we use um, some recycled silver as well, and then um, obviously the whole idea is to make jewelry in great quality and in designs that are 
meant for you to be able to love them for for a long time. Um, so I the first we've launched a couple of collections um, along the way, but the the whole idea and what we tend to go back to all the time is the versatility, so that you can mix and match across collections, but you're also able to sort of play with the jewelry and come up with new combinations yourself. So for example, um, we have uh, these small pendants that you can both wear in earrings, for example, you can apply them to a pair of hoops, but you can also wear them in a necklace. So again, this whole mix and match idea was, was something that I really wanted to pursue again, because it's, I feel like it's a product of, of the way I work with fashion and my wardrobe as well. So yeah, we've basically built on top of that. And now, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just so happy that I, I have the opportunity to still work with them also because I um, I work with them on more than the, just the, the jewelry brand. Um, I feel like we work very closely together in terms of sustainability and keep inspiring each other on how we can improve like both ways and, and you know, just keep the conversation going. Um, so I feel like like part of the of the family now and I'm I'm so excited to see whether going to take their own the business as well um, because they have a lot of a lot of things on the plate and a lot of things that they they want to improve on um, and pursue this year so yeah well I hope then uh, that it will uh, reach their goals and I'm very happy to hear about this whole longevity uh, aspect of the jewelry brands I know usually it's very temporary at least young people mm. wear jewelry in, in such way but mm. i myself i also i'm a huge supporter of lo uh, long-term jewelry yeah. and even pass on to next generations exactly yeah yeah we actually made a whole collection called heirlooms which was pieces that were inspired by um pieces from my my husband's uh, late grandmother um, and the whole idea was because we offer it in different sorts of materials. So we have something for every sort of budget. So we have um, solid silver and we have gold vermeil, which is um, basically um, a thick plating of gold on sterling silver. And this year we're actually going to introduce a repair service so that if the gold will rub off, um, it takes a lot, but if it will rub off, you can send the jewelry and we will replate it for you. So again, keeping the longevity in, in mind. Um, and then we also offer it in solid gold, which is, of course, often very expensive for many people. Um, but again, you get a lifetime piece that you can maybe pass on to someone. Um, you know, I have a few heirloom pieces myself, which, you know, the pieces that are very, very special to me. So, um, yeah, we really wanted to, to dive into that as a way of making jewelry. That's a really great initiative. And I think we need more of those brands in the whole fashion industry. Definitely. All right. Mm, so I would like to move on to the um, part of my interview where I ask um, five questions one by one and I ask you to uh, finish the sentence. Yeah. <laughs> Great. All right. <laughs> uh, so let's start with the first statement. To me, sustainability is. Oh, yeah, it's a heavy question. Um, to me, it's like a way of making sure that we leave the planet in, in a great condition for, you know, future generations. Um, and, you know, it's, it's obviously something that I've, I've thought a lot about all along the way, but now I have a daughter and it's become even more important to me um, to think about, you know, what kind of planet I'm leaving behind for her. Um, so it's something that we, we all need to contribute to. Absolutely. 
Yeah, I can I can just echo you in saying that that's also how I see sustainability aspect. That's ensuring today's generation needs, but also mm. with a focus on the future generations and making sure that they have enough as well. Yeah, and also just being kind to 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 people in in all walks of life, like in all different countries, like the production countries, and you know just being more fair. I think, and yeah being more yeah. kind to, to people on the planet. It's really cliche, but it's, it's really what it is to me. Mm -hmm. Then on the follow-up note uh, on this one, uh, the second statement uh, is, one thing I would like to see more of in the world is? I think inclusivity, probably. Um, and I think last year it was something that we, you know, with the whole Black Lives Matter movement, it's something that more people became aware of. And it, it, it's like, opened the conversation even more not only in terms of like um you know the black lives matter movement but also like the transgender society and like everything i feel like it's something that people talk about and i would like to see even more inclusivity in the world because you know we've been brought up many of us with this like vision of of having to look a certain way or be a certain way and and um i would like to see us leave that behind Mm -hmm. especially that we are living in a globalized world and yeah there is yeah, so there's much more room on. for more room for everyone and just like more more openness and more kindness towards that that's true then the next statement is for a complete beginner in the sustainability area i would suggest to start off with um yeah i would probably suggest to start off with just looking within, like looking at your lifestyle and, and what kind of life you're living. Um, for me, like there's this quote, like um, it's not about what you want to do, but it's about what kind of life you want to live. So everything you say yes to, does that contribute to the kind of life you want to live? Um, even if it's like products you bring into your home, do they contribute to, to the kind of life you want to live? Um, yeah. <laughs> That's that's a very strong one. I think it, it it definitely puts the the ground for like the overall decisions in your life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and what would you say if people start thinking like, but maybe it's too challenging for me, or I don't have enough budget to do the exact decisions that I would like to in the ideal scenario? What would you say to that? Again, I feel like it's really really important that you know you don't turn sustainability or minimalism into to this ridiculous kind of religion that you cannot uphold um, because that's when you're gonna burn out and I think in general the whole like sustainability movement and the whole minimalist movement we need to be more you know open-minded about the fact that everyone has different starting points so you can do a little bit um and even just like being aware of where you can improve, but maybe not being completely able to, to pursue that is, is, you know, it's the, that's the first step and one of the, the most important steps, like being aware and then taking action step by step. Um, but you can't do everything all at once. And no one should feel uh, pressured into. Exactly. Like, I also just want to say like minimalism cannot, it, it's not going to cure all of the problems you have in your, in your life just you know by decluttering your home and throwing out out a lot of things um it's definitely something that again you have to connect with it on a deeper level 
and you know again you make you need to make sure you also take care of yourself along the way and don't burn out because you want to be there for the long haul that's true that's that that's very important as well yeah yeah <laughs> moving away from the, the personal life uh, into more of a overall industry um what would you say uh to the fourth statement and that is every sustainable business yeah i feel like every sustainable business like a sustainable business to me is one that like i said before is open and honest about what they're not doing but definitely also really trying to like have sustainability as a core value and not just like a side thing that they can profit off on the side um so again like certifications or certifications and, and transparency is definitely like the most important factors to me and um, then I would say that every sustainable business should also be more inclusive in terms of sizing I feel like that's a that's a huge problem yeah. and that's the next thing that we should be looking at definitely that that's that's one of the areas that is usually overlooked so I totally yeah. agree yeah totally. so talking about the future in two to three years I see fashion industry. Oh, yeah, that's really hard to say where we are in two to three years. Um, <laughs> I'm afraid, I'm afraid that we're going to see a lot more greenwashing before it gets better. I'm afraid that we're going to see a lot more fast fashion brands profit of sustainability as something they're, they're, you know, doing to change the world, but really, they're not really doing the work. Um, but I guess, you know, sometimes, yeah, I'm not sure if it's because, you know, things have to get worse before it gets better. Um, but I would, I would like to see the fashion industry, like saying goodbye to fast fashion altogether and not just like trying to pro profit from the problem. Yeah. I would like to see it become a lot, a lot more circular as well. Like being more creative a way that, you know, being more creative about the way that you're, you're making collections. Like if it were me who had a huge like brand, I know it's, it's probably hard um, it's a lot easier said than done, but I would, I would like look into the possibility of, of, you know, offering people to rent or swap clothing with each other or, you know, something like that. Um, yeah, become a lot more circular. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Uh, Sina, is there anything that you uh, felt we haven't touched upon during this conversation or is there any key takeaway you would like everyone to take from this conversation? Um, yeah, I would definitely like people to be more open-minded and like pursue minimalism and sustainability, you know, little by little and wherever they are, like start completely where you are and don't let yourself feel pressured by the movement because it can feel kind of tough sometimes. And again, like I said before, you want to be here for the long haul. You want to, to be able to keep on like pursuing this lifestyle and contribute to, to the good way of consuming. So make sure you don't burn yourself out completely. Like it's, it's a, definitely a balance because obviously we all need to challenge ourselves and the way we've been brought up to how we, we we're consuming. Um, but it's, it's definitely a balance that you have to, to keep up with. So we don't burn out. Oh yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. What would be your key practice um, to keep yourself in balance? For me, like if we're talking about style, for example, it's it's really like important that I just keep reassuring myself that I have more than enough and that my style is, is good enough as it is. And, you know, 
it presents me and it 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 sort of contributes to my to my overall well-being um so yeah just like make sure you follow some inspiring people who who bring that up in you and like say goodbye to any accounts that make you feel bad or make you feel like you you know you people that are living a lifestyle that you cannot keep up with and that you know it just makes you feel bad um and then invite more of the good stuff into your life i definitely agree to that so once again uh if people resonate and i am pretty sure a lot of people will resonate to our talk today and yeah. they find you as an inspiring person where can they find you um they can find me on my blog called uh uselesswardrobe.dk or on instagram um at useless underscore dk and then youtube also just useless so yeah <laughs> feel free to come say hi that would make me happy <laughs> <laughs> that would make me happy very much as well. I would like to see more people following the conscious um, lifestyle and, and being inspired by the minimalism. And as you very well said, being content with yourself and being sure that you are good enough. Mm, exactly. Sina, thanks a lot for your time and this lovely talk. I found it super inspiring and I'm very, very happy to have had you here today. I'm super humbled and grateful for your time and um, thanks a lot for sharing all your best knowledge and, and experience with us. Yeah, sure. Anytime. Thanks for having me again. I hope you found our conversation with Sina interesting and insightful for you. I do hope you learned more about capsule wardrobe from this episode as well. Are you perhaps excited to try it out now? Or do you have a capsule wardrobe already? Send me a DM message on Instagram or share your experience with capsule wardrobe through social media channels. Tag at myconscious underscore living and use a hashtag refashionpodcast. That is one word. Help us spread the word about conscious and sustainable fashion. By the way, feel free to follow and subscribe, rate and review my podcast. Your feedback is invaluable to me and it only helps this podcast grow. I am extremely grateful for everyone listening and spreading a word about my podcast. Only with your help can we make this podcast a number one podcast in circular and sustainable fashion field. Stay tuned for the next episode. Take care.